Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, it's your boy Dylan here, and I just wanted to talk to you guys about our sponsor for today's show as we are part of the Believe Podcast Network, and that is Bet Online. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That is B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your bonus. That is all capitalized. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, at Thunder Chats, and hopefully you guys can hear me a little bit better than you have in the last few weeks. I, like, full disclosure, my mouth is, like, almost touching the microphone. Uh, I'm just, I'm just doing, making sure. He's doing to the microphone. All right, all right, all right. Just, just, just calm down. Just calm <laughs> quit down. Could diddle in your microphone. I don't even want to know what that means, but all right, we're going to go to Oklahoma. You already heard their Lovely voices. First, we're going to go to Gerald Stevens. Jerry, how are you, man? Doing good, man. Uh, crazy week. You know, Christmas coming up. Uh, wife tried to give out on me just not too long ago. Uh, so I just want to shout out everybody that, you know, either DM me or replied, you know, to what was going on or checked in on us. Um, super appreciative of that, everybody. Um, it was a rough week. Uh, one thing I realized just real quick is how much stupid little crap my wife does for me that I absolutely hate doing. Um, so it, it gave me a newfound appreciation for, um, I appreciated her before, but like, this was like, holy crap, like I would be lost without you. So, um, yeah, back, back in the swing of things, getting ready for, for, as Nina would say, Christmas time. So, uh, it's gonna be a good time. Yes, sir. It's the holiday season. All right. Also in Oklahoma, we've got the one, the only Alex Roy. Alex, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I can kind of second second what uh, Jerry is saying, man. Whenever my wife gets, you know, sick or something like that, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to get sick, man. You're supposed to be indestructible. Come on, get up. Get up. <laughs> yeah, no, my – when my wife gets sick, like she'll she'll try to lay down and just let me like, you know, take care of everything. Like that's ideally what you would do. Um, but after about an hour, hour and a half, she like tries to start doing stuff and I'm just like, no, like I'm I'm gonna tackle you. Like go rest, <laughs> go lay down. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> but hey, speaking of laying down, something that doesn't lay okay. down is this Oklahoma City Thunder team. Uh, tonight we played the New Orleans Pelicans, and although we did lose in 
dramatic of all dramatic fashions, 113. I mean, we didn't we we didn't lay down. Did we roll over? Is that what we did? Oh, that's what I'm saying. We didn't lay down. Like we we fought all the way to the end. Literally, like almost all the way till the end. Just I mean, honestly, we fought till the end. It's just that you know, ending was crazy. We lost the fight. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah. wild to me. Like t- like that last play. It's like how many times do they ever really call that foul at the end of the game? You know what I mean? Like with the heaves like that. They yeah. never. It just never happens. And we were like six, eight feet off of these guys. And I was like, what in, what in creation are we doing? Put some pressure on the ball. And right when he let it go, I was like, yeah, that's money. And, uh, well, I was right, unfortunately. So Show enough, 65 feet. Yeah, ridiculous. Number one on, no, on SportsCenter, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was burying the lead there. You know, I was trying to. Work to the fourth quarter, but it's all right. We'll kick off with it. We'll work ourselves backwards <laughs> here. Um, so at the end of the game, um, you know, we inbounded the ball. We was down three. Shea hit this just absolutely ridiculous sidestep, almost pretty much one-handed uh, three-pointer from the logo. Um, he, I think he was also trying to draw contact, and there was a little bit there, but not mm-hmm. really enough to give anything. He was trying to get away from contact. No, he, it was the opposite. He was trying to get away from it because they were trying to foul to put him on the line so he could only score two. So he was actually trying to get yeah. away from it, it seemed like. It was not – yeah. Yeah, but, he, I mean, he's still, like, like once, I guess, the contact happened, like, his shot was kind of <sighs> floppy, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> he tried to make it look like he got hit a little bit. But... Oh, sure, 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 <clears throat> sure, sure. I mean, why not sell it at that point? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it went in, nothing but net, and everybody was going crazy, like, you know, what just happened, like, that's one of the craziest shots I've ever seen, and Devontae Graham just said, hold my juice box, and Gosh. he got the inbound, and just heaved it from about 65 feet, and, like, I watched this replay a couple of times, that ball, like, a lot of times, whenever somebody does a half-court heave, it has a lot of forward velocity, and not a lot of arc, and when it goes in, it's a bank. This one was a bank, but it had like zero forward velocity. This ball just kept going up and up and up and came down at like the perfect arc. And of course, Devontae Graham made it and they won 113 to 110. Um, yeah, you know, Alex, uh, or no, Jerry, you was talking about like, you know, them not calling the foul there at the end of the game, um, you know, in most games. And like, you know, you wish we'd be physical. Um, and, you know, watching the replay, Kendrick Williams gets a good contest, I would say, on Devontae Graham. And I think that he he relied on the fact that, you know, he's got like four or five inches on the guy. He's got, a, you know, mm-hmm. more length on the guy. He, he thought that he could get a good enough contest and maybe even block the shot. And honestly, that's probably why Devontae Graham's shot went more up instead of forward because if it went forward like a normal, you know, full court heave, then it probably is getting blocked. See, so you shaking your head. What do you guys say, Jerry? Yeah, so my thing with it, where I have a problem with that is is the inbound, right? Like, you you don't let somebody there even pick up to go dribble, right? Like, you just don't let it happen, and that's what happened in that situation. He was able to take at least two dribbles, I believe. Um, I'll need to go back and watch the replay because I was just in awe whenever it went in. Mm-hmm. But I think he took, like, two dribbles, and, yeah, sure, you know, you make valid points there. But on that inbound play, you make it as tough as possible for them to get it in. You just don't let them get it in so easily. Um, so they can set you up for that. Because it was, 
like I said, he he took at least two dribbles. Like you just can't do that at the end of the game because that foul is not going to get called unless you do something just absolutely dumb. And I just don't see that coming from you know Kenny Hustle. Yeah, and you know I mean that's that's also part of the thing. Like I don't remember how, what the Pelicans timeout situation was, but the zero. Okay, yeah. So, well, the way everything happened at the end of the game, like, you know, Shea hits that shot and, you know, everybody goes crazy, rightfully so. Um, but, you know, it kind of it kind of shows you how young this team is because Shea and Giddy and Baisley, you know, they were all, like, pumping their fists. They were hyped. And if you watch in the replay, Kenny and Moose are, like, both, like, you know, moving their hands, like, you know, getting a position, like, for the inbound. Yep. And – and I, I think that, you know, it, it kind of showed the youth a little bit. You know, Shea's been here before. You know, he said that shot. But, you know, Giddy, you know, he saw Dort do it a couple times. Like, you know, they're still young. Giddy, Baisley, like, you know, they're still very, like, young and uh, expression – expressional? That's not a word. You know what I mean. <laughs> they uh, they like to express themselves, um, you know, in these type of moments uh, more so. But, um, you know, like you were saying, Jerry, like Moose and Kenny, you know, they was trying to get them back into position, you know, to maybe shut off that inbound like you would want them to. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, you know, they they could only do the best they could at that point because no. the credit of the Pelicans, they inbound the ball pretty quick. Go ahead. No, they did. Yeah, no, and that's that's just where I think, you know, as, as much as I'm disappointed because, you know, I, I know the end goal here, but I like to get wins every so often. They feel nice. Um, and, you know, it's – that's got to be a huge teaching moment right there. And I think where I get really frustrated at, not really frustrated, that's an over, yeah, I'm, I'm being traumatic here, but we do very well normally closing games out. You know, that's one of our, our good things mm-hmm. um, is we're able to, you know, when, when the getting gets rough, you know, we, we figure it out. So I, I, I was just hoping for a little bit better play there. And, and I hope that this opens up their eyes. Like, uh, yeah, that was pretty freaking dumb of us to, to play that last play, like the, the way that we did. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think you said it best, you know, there it's, it's a learning moment for everybody. Uh, great for the old adrenaline rush though. Uh, that felt great. I don't know about you, Alex, but um, I, I just – I can't believe you guys are, are going, like, you know, armchair defensive coordinator on this play. Like, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, it was it, – it was like, there's – look, a play, a play like that, you know, two seconds left, they're inbounding from their end of the court. You know, you don't want them to – you don't want them to do, to do the long heave to somebody, you know, on the other side, you know, on, on the other three-point line and shoot it from sure. there. You want – you know, you want it to, to be behind the half-court line you know, it just so happened, you know, 999 times out of a thousand, that's a miss. This just happened to be a mate. You know, I think Kenrich did a great job on defense, you know, as far as verticality, putting his hands up, not fouling. You know, there's not really much any, anybody else can do. You're not going to necessarily just send five guys to to Devontae Graham and, you know, no. try to stop him. So, no, I mean, no. it is what it is, man. It, it, it sucks. It, believe me, it sucks. And it, and it just seems like, OKC finds themselves in this position all the time. Like, literally, you have, you know, the Steph play, the Steph Curry play. You have the Anthony Davis play. You have the Andrew Wiggins play, which is, you know, game winners from, like, 
almost at half court or past half court. And it's just like, what the hell? What is it about our court that just helps, you know, makes these guys hit shots from deep to win games, man? Like the wormhole. So, yeah, it's something, man. But it, you know, it, it is what it is. It's one of those games. It's, it's, if, if we weren't tanking, this would be a bad loss. But, you know, we are tanking. And, and, it's, and, it, and we're actually playing a, a team that is above us, below us in the standings, however you want to look at it. But, you know, they, their draft position is better than ours at this moment. Um, and so, you know, we made up a game or lost a game. Whatever, however you want to look at it, we, you know, we gained some ground on getting a better draft pick than them. Um, and so, you know, in the end, it's a learning moment for this team. Um, they shouldn't, they should have not, you know, with about three minutes left, they got down by, by four points and that kind of like, you know, they had held, yeah, they had held the lead for much of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably where you, you know, as a coach, you need to look at and be like, Hey, let's not let this happen to get to this point. Uh, those I- are the teaching moments. I totally agree with you on that because there was a couple of just really boneheaded things. The J raw pass. That was, that was probably one of the laziest passes I think I've ever seen in my life Um, to Shay that was stolen. And then, you know, ended up being a Brandon Ingram dunk Um, Josh Hart, you know, we went underneath the screen, Josh Hart, you know, goes the other way with it, hits the three um, because we didn't jump out quick enough. Um, What else? We had we had a bad shot selection. Uh, I forget who shoot it, shot it, but it was not a good shot for a couple possessions in a row. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I guess I'm just such a like a stickler for those stupid easy things. You know what I mean? That like I put a lot of emphasis on it, but you're not wrong at all. And I and I regress from being an armchair defensive coordinator. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know, kind of, kind of leading up to the single orange item here, I, I just do want to point out a few things. So, according to Tankathon, we are now officially a half a game behind, ahead, whatever of New Orleans Pelicans. We the we're projected the three spot, and they're projected the four spot. So, that's a win there. Um, nice. You know, talking about what Alex said, you know, this this game would hurt if we weren't tanking. I actually put out on Twitter that, you know, this game had all the makings of Mello making that three in like our first or second game of the season. And then Wiggins coming right back down and pulling up from half court, like immediately after that. It had all the makings of that, except like Alex said, we're tanking. And something that like I haven't seen anybody even mention on Twitter, and I'm just going to bear mention right now, like all this happened without Lugan stored out there. And yeah. as important as he is on the defensive side, he is almost equally as important on the offensive side. He's our second best scorer next to Shea Gildas Alexander. Um, he's arguably one of our more consistent offensive weapons in this past, like, you know, month, month and a half because Shea's, you know, kind of been struggling. Um, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about Shea here in a little bit and his red shoe curse and, you know, him seemingly trying to break the red shoe curse tonight. But, um, you know, having not having Lee Dort out there is is a big factor you know, in any game you play and uh, specifically down the stretch when Devontae Graham was hitting those threes, um, you know, and, and even the game winning shot, like who's, who's to say what Dort's impact could have been, you know, in this game. So just a little food for thought before we uh, dive into our single large item. And uh, here we are at our single large item. Uh, I'm going to go to Alex because I feel like me and Jerry talked a lot in that first segment there. So Alex, <laughs> uh, what's your single large item for the game, man? 
Uh, I mean, just just the continued development of of Trey Mann. Like he's uh, he he had another another poster dunk. Um, this time on was it Josh Hart? Yeah, was it was it, it was on Garrett Josh? Temple. It was someone. Yeah, Garrett Temple. There we go. Um, so he added on him a, a good bounce pass from from Josh Giddy. Uh, but he, he just seems a lot more comfortable out there, and he seems a lot more comfortable handling the ball. He's a lot more comfortable knowing that he can create space and, you know, getting a shot up. And there are actually times in this game where it seemed like he had an open look from three, but he waited, you know, he waited a little bit longer either to, you know, to let the defense come to him and maybe, you know, find another avenue, either drive it in. Um, but that's going to be, you know, that's going to be kind of the next phase of his development is kind of, you know, taking those threes when they're available um, and then also, you know, knowing when to hold on to that shot and maybe try to get a, a better shot because you are pulling gravity from the defense towards you. Um, you know, defenses are going to start keying in on him whenever he's in the game, especially if he's always in, you know, with the reserves. Um, and so when he's in there with the reserves, he's going to probably get in the bulk of the attention. And so guys like Henrich, guys like Mascala, um, they they'll they'll soon be able to benefit from that uh, because he he is such a a force offensively and he and he's getting much better uh, as far as knowing what to do with the ball. So his continued development, I think it's great for this team. I think it's great for the future of this rebuild. Um, so hey, that was my uh, single large item is uh is the, the continued development of training. Hey, I like okay. it. And, you know, talking about Trey Mann, man, let me read you a stat sheet here. So, nine points, four of eight shooting, one of two from deep, so 50-50 from the field and from three, four assists, zero turnovers, two rebounds and a steal, and second on team – second on the team in plus minus at plus 13, trailing only Kendrick Williams at plus 20, which I'm sure we'll talk about him in a little bit as well. Um yeah, I mean, really, he played almost like, you know, not a flawless game because he missed shots. I mean, you know, players are going to miss shots. He's not going to go 100% from the field. But he played as flawless as a game as you can expect, like a 19-year-old rookie to play coming off the bench. Uh, you know, he he made shots. You know, he's getting more aggressive driving to the rim. I pointed this out on Twitter, how uh, Corey Toliba, friend of the pod, Corey Toliba, you know, he came on the pod when we was talking about Trey Mann. He's like, you know, he's doing windmills and NBA draft combines, uh, private workouts and everything like that. But, you know, you don't see him doing that in the game. You don't see – it's not practical athleticism. Like, sure, he can jump out of the gym, but he doesn't do it in the game. Well, these past few games, Trey Mann's been doing it in the game, and he's, he's starting to become a real uh, threat off the bounce. And if you can couple that with this three-pointer, right, they're not going to be able to just, you know – you know, uh, pressure him at the three-point line because he can just drive right by and explode at the rim, and they're not going to be able to sag off because, I mean, that man already cre creates so much space on a step back, and, you know, his, his shot's pure. Um, you know, the only unfortunate thing that happened with Trey Mann is he picked up six fouls tonight. Honestly, he probably yeah. would have closed this game. Really five. Picked out. Yeah, he had five, <laughs> yeah. It, it was the unfortunate um, – it was the unfortunate uh, – uh, with the switcheroo on the coach's challenge. So it was successful, but yeah. unsuccessful. Um, you know, we challenged a foul that, you know, Shea did not foul Josh Hart. And upon review, um, they looked at it and they was like, yeah, you're right. Shea did not foul him, but Trey Mann fouled him. 
and it's like, you know, Shea ended the game with three fouls. He could have stood to take another foul, but Trey Mann got a sixth foul there. He was done for the night. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's been a lot of fun to see Trey Mann you know, continue to grow and blossom. Um, you know, it seems like yesterday everybody was uh, complaining and concerned about a shot not falling in the summer league. And it uh, just goes to show, you know, overreaction is a powerful thing. And, you know, that goes both ways. Like, you know, we was overreacting about Josh Giddy early on. And, you know, he's still great. Like, you know, I, I, I still believe there's an awesome player in there. But he struggled, you know, this past month of the season, specifically offensively. Um, so, you know, it, ju- it just goes to show you, man. Like, you know, I, I tweeted about this. Like, Mark Dagnall doesn't get enough um, – doesn't get enough credit for the development of this team. Um, you know, and specifically Kendrick Williams, which I'm just going to go ahead and transition, man. That's my single large item because it was going to be Trey Mann. <laughs> Jerry's mad. <laughs> it was going to be Trey Mann, um, who I so fondly call Trey Sizzle all the time. Uh, you know, no reason. I just do. Um, but no, nah, man, it's going to be Kendrick Williams. 17 points off the bench, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, zero turnovers. As I mentioned, a pl- team high, plus 20, plus minus. Might be a game high, actually. Let's see here. I think it is a game high. It was a game high. Devontae Graham and Jonas Valanciunas were plus 24 and 23, respectfully. Respectively, sorry. Valanciunas is absolutely, like, a monster out there. Yeah, like, he just killed us on the boards. Absolutely destroyed us. Yeah, but Kenny shot a 6-9 and 5-6 from deep. Nice. And yeah, very nice, very nice, absolutely very (laughs) nice. And, you know, I, I put on Twitter, like, you know, this guy was a throw in on the Steven Adams trade, but like he was mm-hmm. one of four players that were just kind of thrown in there to make contracts work. And hell, we were, hell, whenever, you know, whenever it, it was coming up to, you know, who's going to be the 15th guy on the roster at, at the end of training camp last year, Jackson, a right? lot of us, yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us were like, Hey, you know, let's, let's cut Kenrich and keep Frank Jackson. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure I was in that camp also. And it wasn't it, me. That's for sure. I mean, hey, offensive guard seems to be doing okay in Detroit. He, he's solid. Yeah, I, he's I, right. I might rather he's have right. him over Roby, but, you know, that's that's a story for a different day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Kendrick Williams, man, like, he was brilliant offensively, defensively. You know, he just brings that intensity. Um, we definitely needed that with Dort being out in this game. Um, you know, he, he played Brandon Ingram really well defensively, and – um, when Ingram started to get really comfortable and go off there late in the fourth and start to try to take the game over, it wasn't Kenny Hustle that was guarding him. It was Darius Baisley. So just goes to show you the kind of impact that he has on the game. Uh, Jerry, I, I'm sorry I took that from you, but, you know, if you have anything to add about Kendrick Williams before you jump into yours, please do. No, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. Uh, he he played a hell of a game tonight, and it's it's concerning to me because, you know, we just opened up the trades as of today um not not looking forward to the next couple of steps when it has to do with him uh just because i think he is that valuable and you put him on golly if you're trading this man you better be getting at least a good developmental player and either a late first or a couple of seconds like you got to get something big out of this guy because he's proven um other than that, I'm though, telling like, you, I'm, I'm telling you, he's he's becoming like the um, Robert Covington of the NBA. Like Robert Covington, the last two times Robert Covington has been traded, I believe he's been traded for two first round picks each time. Yep. And yep. a guy like a, a guy like Kenrich will 
will likely fetch that um, from from a team that that wants a guy like that. You know, wants a a big wing that can hit three. You know, he's shooting, I believe, thirty nine percent, forty percent from three. Yep. You know, that's it's going to be very tempting. Like I know this team does not want to get rid of Kenrich, and you know they have the right to say no, of course. But you know, if a team comes up and says, you know, we traded the number sixteen pick because someone offered two picks, two first round picks. Like sometimes you can't turn it down, especially if you're developing, if you're a rebuilding team. So, you know, somebody gives us like a, a godfather, two first round picks. And, you know, one of those picks may be very good. It, it's going to be hard to turn down. No, for sure. For sure. And then um, I think my single large item is going to be Mike, man. He, he played a, a great different game today. Like he wasn't like overly dominant on the boards, but the one thing that like really impressed me is he caught that tip in off, off the miss. Yeah. Just yammed it. Yeah. And like, I, you don't see him do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, it's not who he is um, a lot of the time. So seeing him do that was pretty neat. Um, I think he provided just a lot of just great leadership. I mean, he was the one really, you know, Dylan, you said it earlier, trying to keep everything in line, you know, keep everybody in the right spots and doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Mike just deserves some kudos on that. That was, that was some good stuff. And we love Moose. Everybody knows we love Moose out here, man. And, you know, not, not just that tip dunk and, you know, his leadership, not even just his shooting from three, like, he he pulled the reverse thunder. He he got to the line twice on three point shots. Like, yeah, usually we're the ones that are fouling three point shooters. It's nice to you know. It's a lot of fun when the rabbits got the gun on this case here. So yeah, um, hit six of six from the stripe, and they were all from both of those plays. So yeah, man, it's a lot of it's a lot of shooter. it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun when the rabbit has the human foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't understand that. So, what? Maybe I didn't hear you. Well, I only got one ear. I'm trying to listen, make sure nobody don't wake up. Say it again. I said it's a lot of fun when the rabbit has the human foot for human luck. Human foot. I thought you said even foot. I was just gonna be like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, no, I, I can't just do that. No. Um. All right. Yeah. Before we move on, I do think it bears mentioning. Like, we we got to talk about Shay. Um, yeah. I thought that was a just a non-negotiable. I thought that was going to happen regardless. Well, as silly as it is, you know, I I started this. I spearheaded this. I take full responsibility of it. Um, when Shea wears red shoes, his stats typically suffer in terms of his uh, percentage, his scoring, mm-hmm. turning the ball over, lower assist numbers. Like like, there's statistical evidence. Um, but tonight but tonight he wore the red shoes Uh, I said all the things I said I know why could you why would you do this to me like I I thought we had an understanding like all all these things and he came out tonight to his credit 33 points 10 to 25 shooting still needs to clean up the efficiency there a little bit but four of eight from deep including two logo threes in the clutch nine of nine from the stripe which that is awesome. Five rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Yeah. It, he, he had a he had a game like Lou Dort wasn't playing. Yeah. 
he I think he realized, you know, he he needed to step up, you know. Like we said, as as like big of an impact Lou Dort is on the defensive end. Um, he leaves a pretty big hole in the offensive end when he's not playing as well. So I think Shea realizing he needed to step up and hopefully this A breaks him out of his red shoes curse. I would love that. Like, you know, people think that I want this to keep going. No, like I want this guy to succeed. I want nothing more than to be wrong about the red shoes. Like I low-key wanted him to like wear red shoes like 10 games straight and just tear it up just to make a point at me because he follows me on Twitter. But um no man humble like, brag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Dear right? God, that was a humble brag. But also like no big deal. I I just wanted to break out of the slump, man. Like it's been it's been so frustrating. Like I like full disclosure, I haven't had as much fun watching the team this year as I did last year. And like really? looking myself in the mirror, I think a lot of that is because like in despite of how bad we were, in despite of you know the games that we were losing last year we still had Shea putting on every game and like he's must see yeah, TV. Yeah. And I love seeing watching Trey, man. I love watching Josh Giddy. Like they have like a couple, like two, three, four <laughs> splash plays in, in every game. Like absolutely. Sure. I grant you that, but Shea just hasn't had it like he did last year. And, you know, you can say it's cause injury. You can say it's cause red shoes. Uh, you could say because he has even less spacing this year than he did last year. Like, and those are all like, viable reasons but um you know i i would love to see him begin to break out of this slump and kind of show us not even what he showed us last year what he showed us in that four game stretch after the sixers game um in which you know he was scoring efficiently he was getting to his three he was knocking down his threes he was getting to the line he was spreading the ball around and he looked engaged on defense i want to see that shay the rest of the season and hopefully this game can kind of spearhead that as we get into the Clippers game coming up in which, as you guys know, we own their pick unprotected. So this is one of the few games where the tankers and the anti-tankers can come together, sing Kumbaya and root for this team 100% compassionately and just, you know, just root for a win. And, you know, we, it almost happened last time we played the Clippers and then Paul George had to happen. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get Lou Dort back. Hopefully Shea, you know, break, you know, continues to break out of this slump and we can pick up a big W against the Clippers and then we can go back to, you know, business as usual. So one thing that I wanted to just step on real quick while we were, you know, you, you talked about Lou being out um, is Aaron Wiggins tonight, y'all. Like he pretty much ate up all the lose, you know what I mean? That gap in the minutes. And yeah, he didn't like do anything crazy offensively or anything, but I thought he had a solid defensive game. Like he played pretty well throughout the whole game, um, contested shots, you know, made sure that uh, he was in the right spot. Like I just didn't see him make a bunch of mistakes tonight. And granted, I didn't get to watch it in its entirety. So I could have, you know, missed a couple of things, but um, I was really impressed with, with the way that he came out and was just ready to play tonight, you know, especially with somebody that's just been sitting in the G league for the last couple of, uh, last couple of weeks, really. Yeah. No, he did good. He, he did, he did what he had to do as far as being a two-way rookie starting. Um, I was, I was a little bit disappointed with Baisley and I know, <laughs> I know, I, I know, uh, I know Jerry don't want to hear this, and I know, but you know, for until he had that 
that layup late in the fourth quarter off that pass from Giddy. Like he literally had zero points out there, and he was getting smoked by Brandon Ingram most of the time. It was just like, it was like, no, this is not good. This is this is this is bad, basically. And I've always said, Baisley's the barometer on this team. If he's doing bad, this team likely loses. If he's doing real good, this team is likely winning. Um, and tonight. <sighs> Even though, even though we were so close, even though I think the difference in this game, a lot of it was the fact that Darius Bailey played so bad, man. It just, it's disappoint. It's disappointing because you want consistency from him. Like you know, his goods are good. Like his his goods are they're good game winning plays. His bads are comp- are literally losing plays, um, and so you know you. He teases us, and I hate that. He teases us with, like, mm-hmm. a three-game set here and there. And it's yeah, like, oh, you know, Baisley's here. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Baisley's here. And then he gives us, like, five games where he's not. And the team completely struggles, and it's all on Shea. It's all on Dort. And it makes them look good because they get – you know, they have loud stats. But as a whole, as a team, like, the team suffers whenever Baisley's not out there having – those good performances consistently and tonight was just another example of another bad you know another bad performance whenever the team needed it the most like if it wasn't for giddy having probably one of his better games as a pro 17 points nine rebounds seven assists uh one turnover double yeah and it was was a great game um you know this 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 three-point loss could have definitely easily been a a 12-point loss uh because of that yeah, personally, I think we lost the game because we gave Teo Maladon a minute. But, you know, that's that's just me. 30, 34 seconds, my man, 34 seconds. You shut your whore mouth, all right, Dylan? <laughs> um, no, but can, can we all just take a step back for a second? Brandon Ingram gives everybody the business in the league now. No, he, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He had, he had one all-star season two seasons ago. Like – He's inconsistent also. Hmm. Really? That's how you feel? Brandon Ingram's not an all-star type player. If you put him, let's just say with a little bit better of a squad. Because that squad stinks. Let's keep it real. Does it really? Yeah, that, that squad sucks. I mean, that, that, that squad is a healthy Zion away from probably being a playoff team. Hell no. Hell no. That really? bench and everything else has so many problems and so many holes in it. No. I, like, I, we, we, I don't think they're a playoff team either. If it yeah. Means yeah, I just, I just really? don't see it. Yeah, okay. absolutely not. Zion does not change that team. That Like, yes, he changes that team, but then, like, they still have bench issues, like really bad bench issues. Uh, whenever you got Garrett, Garrett Temple getting mad minutes, you know you're in trouble. Um, dude is terrible. He's not terrible, but you know what I mean? He, he's not what he was. I got you. I yeah. got you. Yeah, I got you. So the, the way you. I look at it, though, is like Brandon Ingram can give on any given night. He can drop 40. Does he? I was no. Wrong. I was wrong on that. I was wrong on that. I, Brandon Ingram, he, he is – I just looked at his game log. He's very consistent. You know, I can't, I can't really, I can't really say that I've watched too many Pelicans games this year. Um, so he, he, 
as far as looking at his stats, they look very consistent. And I'm surprised as far as as far as him not getting more pub as for his play. Like, yeah, these are pretty good looking stats right here. And I'm not and I'm not saying that Baisley played like an awesome game. Right. But like he legit made it tough the whole night. And most of the time that when Brandon Ingram was scoring was after the switch. If we're keeping it real, like it was because Brandon Ingram had someone really small on him or Brandon Ingram was getting just a straightaway, you know, dunk layup, something along those lines. Like the, the, the dude's nice. And I think Baisley, yeah, he didn't have a great game, but to, to sit there and say, Oh, he's taking a step back or anything like, I just don't see it. I just, I, I think did, that he, he didn't have a good game. No, he did not. Hyper- no, no, he absolutely did. I'm not sitting there saying that he was, it was great. It's that hasn't been like the last three or four. That's for sure. But I, I think that whenever you have someone that's, what is he, 20? 21. Am I right about that? Is he 21 now? Okay, sorry. He can, he can drink legally now. I'm sorry. Um, you have someone that's that 20. Might be, that's, that might be his problem. He might be playing drunk out there. Oh, hell. His name isn't James Harden. Um, but, no, man, I just th- I think that that these are the things that are be expected. And, and I think Coach D said it earlier. There was a – you know, a a video that the Thunder tweeted talking about Skittles or broccoli, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're all so focused on the Skittles with Darius Baisley and not looking at the broccoli, you know? And, and I think that with this team, we, especially how young these guys are, we got to look at the broccoli. You're not going to get a lotto pick. You know what I mean? That often under 20, that's just going to go out and just go get 20 every single night and dominate. Like that just does not happen that often. Um, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, I think Cade is probably, that's the one that comes to mind. That's, that's probably, you know, all about the hype and more, but just wait on the broccoli guys. It's going to be okay. Just wait on the broccoli with Baisley. <laughs> I think you're confused about that saying, Jerry. No, I'm breaking it down. Bro- you got to eat your broccoli before you can get your Skittles. And and that's what I mean by that. Like, you, we need to focus more on the development and the growth and having some of these situations where, yeah, it sucks. It doesn't taste that great. All right. And looking at it from that perspective, especially with how young this team is, like you the skittles will be great we'll get those someday i promise you we will just, yeah, just wait jerry's that jerry's out here being like uh like jack duquesne you know saying doing sayings wrong <laughs> yeah no i just i knew what he meant by it but I'll, i'm just trying to change it for everybody so you could understand like hey just chill out on these guys they're they're young like the you're, the and I believe in this firmly, right? And I say this all the time, just in my normal life, into my team and, and things of that nature. But I always say, if you set your expectations incorrectly, that's where frustration comes in. And I feel like coming into this season, we've all were like, oh, we got another year under our belt. I was guilty of it too, all right? We got another year under our belt. We got this going, da 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 Shay's back. He's not hurt anymore. And we set our expectations pretty high you know, for, for the product that we were going to get night in and night out. And in reality, we needed to lower those a bunch. So we didn't become frustrated and start berating these guys on, you know, Twitter and trying to break down film of 
minute plays that had nothing to do with the game other than it was a play inside the game. Like it didn't make or break that game whatsoever. So just focus on the broccoli. Golly, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this before we move on to our Twitter questions here. So, um, oh, okay, sorry. Bleacher Report just tweeted or put out a crazy picture of Shea after Graham made that shot. Okay, interesting. I'm going to have to save that and look at that later. Anyway, so let me ask you this. So, we're talking about the broccoli and Skittles. Let's talk about it in Dagnalt's context there, right? So, okay. in his context, he's talking about Poku and Trey Man, like, you know, if you're wanting to get on the floor, if you're wanting to have the ball in your hands, if you're wanting to have the chance to create on the offensive end, you're going to have to eat your broccoli. That means playing defense, playing hard, hustling, rebounding, doing all that stuff. Um, my question is, what would you say to the people that say that Baisley seems to be getting a lot more Skittles than his broccoli? I think that you have to have a healthy mix for where he's currently at in his career journey. You have to, you have to encourage him and challenge him to go take these people off the dribble. Right. And it's not because I'm expecting him to go finish at the rim every single time or every three to go in, but at the end of it, in the long game, we need him to help keep the defense honest. All right. You got to have that out there, especially in the NBA. And I think that he he's doing that right now. And I think as more time goes on, he's getting off his broccoli too, for the most part, like he's, he's putting in that work and doing all those little things a lot recently. Um, but he's, he's got to go get some Skittles sometimes too. He absolutely does. And it's to keep that defense honest, especially if he's going to be a, you know, a cog in this wheel that we're going to have for a couple more years. All right. Yeah. Fair enough, man. I will, uh, I'm not going to break Baseway anymore in this podcast. Um, or oh, this Thanks, podcast, guys. I should say. Um, yeah. He'll just wait till I'm off the next one and then he'll make sure to say it and then I'll have to listen to it and scream at my phone. So all no, right. I think me and Alex are both consistent in praising Bays when he deserves praise and, you know, giving him criticism when he needs to have criticism like nobody's above criticism Shay's like I said Shay's been in a slump like he hasn't been playing like he was last year Shay's like my favorite player in the league right now no. but like I'm, I'm you know actively criticizing yeah yeah I don't want it to get twisted that I don't think that Baisley has no faults or anything like that he absolutely does right he's got some improvement to make but I think you know saying that oh well if Baisley doesn't have a good game then we don't have a good game well there's five other people on the damn court plus four other people that show up and play throughout the whole game. It's going to take everybody every single night to get these W's. It's just a reality. All right. Hey, there you go, man. You know, there's, there's no dual topics around here guys. And, you know, before we get into our further questions, I just got to say, <clears throat> say goodbye to dual gifts. White box lab grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. That's right. This is a ad read for Lightbox. We are part of the Believe Podcast Networks, and I'm here to talk about Lightbox, guys. You know, Christmas is right around the corner, and if you want to get some jewelry for your loved one there, last-minute shopping, go to Lightbox. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest-quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, 
Thunder Blue, maybe, if you will, as well as Classic White. White box lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to, and they really do make an outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right, boys. Moving on to our Twitter questions, as we tend to do, it seems about like once a month. I feel like that's about the regularity that we ask for Twitter questions, you know, just to kind of see what you guys are saying. And as always, you guys responded to the call. So first off, we're going to kick it off. Excuse me. With Josh Ferris at Joka628 said, if someone offered to trade LeBron and AD for Muscala, how would you politely say no thanks? Uh, we need three unprotected first along with the. <laughs> there you go. No, he, he asked a serious question after that. So, so what are the odds of Kenrich is a part of the long-term plan for the Thunder? He would be a great bench piece to with leadership and calm with with the second unit. I think he's saying that you know he's he's a good calm leader for the second unit um, as we get into the next uh, phase of our rebuild. So uh, what what do you think the odds are? Like if you was to put it on a scale of one to one hundred, um, I'm gonna kick it to Alex. What would you say the odds are that Kendrick Williams is long for the rebuild? I mean, I, I think I think they're pretty good if nobody blows us away with an offer. I think, you know, I, I don't think this team is going to actively let him walk away. Like, he's mm-hmm. under contract this year, next year at $2 million. Um, I'm pretty sure if, if he is in their long-term plans, sometime next season they're going to go ahead and try to extend him, you know, to a deal. Because I do believe he not only has the – possibility of being a great six-man bench player I think he has a possibility of being a great starter um if you know if like power forward is a position that we need or you know or even small forward like I I I do believe that he has the ability and he has the talent to go ahead and be a starter in this league somebody like a Trevor Reza in the younger years um somebody like you know Andre Iguodala or something like that just somebody that can start and be consistent and not necessarily go out there and be the greatest, you know, not, not necessarily go out there and be the number one or number two player, um, but a guy that can from time to time give you, you know, 15 points, 20 points consistently. Um, hit, hit threes, you know, so I, I do think he is a part of the long-term plans as long as he wants to be, as, you know, or as long as no team wows us with, you know, a godfather offer. Alex, what you think? I mean, God, Jerry, what do you think? Um, I, I think I can agree with that, uh, just because he still does fit that timeline, uh, you know, his contract and everything. So we would have the ability to extend him out. And then let's just say we get to that point where we start making that push here in the next, you know, two years that, um, it just doesn't make sense anymore. I think that you're still going to get that value back out of him. So I totally agree with Alex, like, unless it's just something that you just, you'd be dumb not to take. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere, uh, for the time being, just because of that value. It's sort of, sort of like Mike's value. You know what I mean? Like he could have literally went anywhere, anywhere. And he chose to come back here. So I think that that gives us a little bit of a, um, I'm not gonna say leverage cause that's not the right word, but, um, we, 
we make impacts on these guys' lives to where they want to be here, you know, and, and want to be part of this process one way or another. And I think Kenny um, absolutely wants to be part of this process long-term. So uh, yeah, I, I, unless it's just something crazy, he ain't going anywhere. And everything, everything that I said about Kenrich, I think it also applies to Mike Muscala. Like I, I think as long as Mike wants to be here, um, and as long as, you know, no team wows us with an offer for Mike, I, I think he's here for the long haul as far as, you know, the next five years. See, I think that he has the way higher chance of getting traded off um, right now than yeah. Kenny. I, I would, yeah, I would really? say. And the only reason why is because, um, you know, a lot of teams – whenever they're going out, you know, around the trade market, you know, about the deadline time, they're trying to find that last little piece that can fill a gap. And, and I, I think Mike checks a lot of boxes. Kenny does too. As, as after I say that out loud, like, yeah, it, it could probably be about the same. I just, hopefully they don't both leave. That, that's just my, my wish. That's my Christmas wish. Yeah, I, I feel like the Thunder organization um, wants Kendrick or Kendrick. They, they, oh God, somebody, somebody put Kenrich. Somebody put Kenrich Williams in here, and it, and it tripped me out. Um, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out at Giola three eight eight. You put Kendrick Williams in your question, and it tripped me out. So I think the Thunder organization um, has more of a desire to keep Kenrich than Kenrich has to stay, and I think that possibly moose has more of a desire to stay than the thunder organization has to keep him that's a great way of putting that perfect way of saying that that that's not anything saying that you know the thunder's like actively trying to get moose off this team moose isn't hurting this team i think he's a good leader i think that he meshes well with the young guys i think he's a great fit on the court i think he's got a great attitude um you know it it just i think i think he's definitely hurting this team Oh, you keep yeah, on taking exactly. draft picks from us. <laughs> yeah, actively, actively taking the draft picks. Um, kind of go into that question uh, at Giola three eight eight. He said, "Do you envision Kendrick Kenrich Williams uh, being in the Nick Collison role as the Thunder move through this rebuild?" So I, I want to kind of restructure that question here and um, ask you guys. Um, you know, we kind of talked about we talked to Moose about this, but uh, who, if you had to pick one to be you know, the next Nick Collison of this franchise, would you pick Kenrich Williams? Would you pick Mike Muscala? Would you say, Jerry? Yeah, I'm going to go with Kenny. And the only reason why is the age. That is like the literally the only determining factor there is the age. And um, I think that, uh, you know, the, the Thunders video that they put out, talking about Lou, the one that Royce did, you know, that he did the mm-hmm. voiceover on. Mm-hmm. Um for as much, yeah, no, that was great. Um, but for as much like love that that was for Lou, guess who was in a lot of those video clips? Kenny. Kenrich. He was in say, a yeah. lot of them, and um, I think that that he does provide that different type of spark. Not saying that you know Mike isn't um, you know somebody that contributes and gets guys going, but. Kenny does it in a different way, man. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be that guy that'll 
golly, what was it the other night? I think he tipped out like three offensive rebounds. Uh, <laughs> and we had like three cracks at it. And I think he, he touched two out of the three. Um, mm. He just does all the stupid, small things, sort of like Nick did. You know, Nick mm. was that type of guy. Um, he wasn't going to blow you away on the, the scoring sheet. He wasn't going to sit there and, you know, make the sports center top 10 with anything. But golly, if you needed to play made, he was going to find a way to make it. Um, and I think Kenny brings that also. All right. What about you, Alex? Who, who would you pick to be the next Kyle? Um, I mean, I, I guess it would be Kenny. Um, because of, you know, because of what Jerry said, as far as age goes, you know, he's, he's younger than, than, than Mike. Um, and so when, whenever we do head into contention, playoff contention, um, I think, I think Mike is going to be more of a 10 to 15 minute, a game player versus Kenny, who could possibly, possibly be a starter definitely be a sixth seventh man um so i could i could definitely see kenny and i, and I think kenny the thing with, with kenrich is going to be um you know what is he worth to the thunder like if the thunder want to keep him you know what are they willing to pay him is it, is it are we talking about six million a year seven million a year are we talking 11 you know 10 11 you know that's that, that's kind of where it, what it boils down to and that's that's going to be the loyalty that probably kenrich is looking for because as a journeyman you know, he has, you know, he has the type of career that could be labeled as probably a journeyman type career. What you want to do as a journeyman is get paid and, and play on good teams. So, you know, I could, I could definitely see him if the Thunder want to taking that college and roll. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely understand that. Um, let me throw this at you. So, you know, if you're saying that you don't envision uh, moves kind of, you know, playing those bigger minutes like cost and then when, even when we was contending, um, what do you think about Mike Muscala taking on the Udonis Haslam role? You know, the veteran that's been around, the veteran that, you know, knows how the system is that, you know, can come in in a pinch in minutes and, you know, contribute. But, you know, more more than anything, he's there as a veteran presence. He's there as, like, you know, a leader in the locker room. Um, I, I, I could definitely see Moose even taking on that role, um, you know, mm -hmm. if, you know, he sticks around. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. I mean, he, as long as he gets paid like Udonis does, you know, as long as he keeps, you know, Udonis hasn't making minimum, but he wants to be in Miami because the dude is literally from Miami. He's been in Miami his whole career, mm -hmm. his whole life, basically. He's from there. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see Mike, you know, Mike has, Mike has been the first guy outside of maybe Russell Westbrook that has been like, yo, I want to stay here. I love it here. Um, and so I, I think in this town, I think on this team, with this organization, that carries something. You know, that carries a, a cachet about it that, you know, that hardly any other players has because they don't say that out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think as long as he wants to be here and depending on the role that he wants to put, you know, that the team wants from him, I think he's a he could be a thunder lifer. I mean, no, I could see that too. I could definitely see that too, just because of the type of guy that he is, and um, I think he'd be willing to, you know, let go of some money just to uh, be part of something special. 
Like, he just seems like I mean, the guy. He's not making eight million right now. He's only making you know three point something million. So he's he's a couple mil away from probably doing being the the vet minimum. So I think he's good on money. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's he's a real John Dutton. That's all I got to say. All right, guys. Let's let's try to run through these next few here. So. Uh, at Brad Smith NBA, kind of, you know, touching on what we've already been talking about. Do you think Kenny and Moose are moved at the deadline? If so, what kind of compensation would OKC need to move them? Um, I'm just going to go out and say I don't think they're moved. I think that, you know – I'm sorry, I got to get closer to the mic. I don't think that they're moved. Um, I think that championship uh, contending teams would love to have a Kendrick Williams, um, you know, and some of them would like to have Muscala. I think Muscala is uh, kind of a more awkward fit than Kendrick Williams just because, like, you know, he can shoot, but you you kind of got to hide him on defense. Kendrick Williams, you can just kind of plug him in on a team and, you know, let him go. Um, I think for Kenny, you know, you're expecting, like, a late first for Moose, uh, a second. <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Uh, I think – I think for Kenny, just because of where his age is at and everything, I think you should get a late first and a young project out of it. Um, just to, just to have something to continue to work on. Um, Moose, man, I'll, I guess I'll take a second. You know what I mean? Hopefully an early second. I don't, I wouldn't want to, yeah, I wouldn't want anything at the back end of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, no top 55 protected second. yeah yeah none of that malarkey um but yeah i i think that's fair i mean what what's going to be a godfather type situation is you know if someone walks up you know calls sam up and says hey i'll give you a late first for moose you got to jump on that i mean would you say wait first for moose yeah probably um, i mean i definitely yeah, you have to jump on that. And then for Kenny, if they were like, yeah, I got a mid-first and not mid-first bank, but a a, a mid-first and a, golly, you know what I mean? Some young player that's been sitting in the G League uh, or maybe a first and a second. I think that that would be something that you'd have to be like, yeah, I got to let that go right now. Bull, bull um, and a late first rounder. Oh man, give us rim protection. Let's go. <laughs> no. I'm just giving you a scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. I'm, I'm just yeah. being no, no, no. That's 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 actually a good one. Like, yeah. did, who do they pick? Who did they pick in this last draft? I thought they picked somebody that. That's a great. I forgot question. who it was. But I that think is... Denver would definitely be somebody that um, makes sense. I mean. Especially yeah, with all injuries. Yeah, but I th- I think they've already like dumped all their draft capital over the last couple of years. Like mm-hmm. that Aaron Gordon trade wasn't cheap. Uh what's the other one? Um oh they bones. There we go. Bones Island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give me bones. I'll take bones. I like I'll that. I'll take kid. bones in a in a late first. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. What about so on on Twitter? Um, I've seen a lot of people putting out, you know, fake trades in regards to Atlanta for Cam Reddish. Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea. Like, you know, if they're asking, like, the report was that they're asking for a first. I'm like, if they're asking for a first, I'm not going to throw Kendrick Williams in there. But, yeah, just take your first and get out of my face. Yeah, but, I mean, if that's what it took, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I give Kenny in a first. I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. Too much, too much. You're getting one or the other, not both. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'd like to have Cam, Cam Reddish on the team. I think that, you know, he fills a need that this team has in terms of like a wing scorer. Um, you know, we just, we just don't have that right now. So, you know, if he came on the team, I think he would have ample opportunity to, you know, show what he could do. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, let's move on here, boys. Um, at underscore Danny underscore Ray Ray. Ask what direction does Presty take on the next draft pick prospect or NBA ready or trade for X? I guess he means trade, trade for a star. Uh, what, what do you guys think Presty's looking at? Do you, do you think he's looking at more of a prospect high ceiling kind of guy, or do you think he's looking for somebody like, like a Desmond Bain, you know, somebody that can come in and contribute like right away? Uh, personally, I think that he's probably going to go the prospect route. Mm-hmm. Um, he might go with someone a little bit more, and, and I, this is weird saying this a little bit more tenured, uh, not someone that was a one and done. Um, it's kind of, like, hold on, this is kind of a weird question. Like, are we talking about like with our first pick? Like, yes, if we get the number one pick, like we're going one of three routes, and that's about it. It doesn't matter whether it's you know, it doesn't matter. So we're, we're going one of three ways. Yeah, let's let's assume it's a middle of the road pick from the Clippers. Okay. Let's there assume that, right? Because yeah, that if we get top three, we already know which way we're going. There's only three names that are out yeah. there. So let's assume it's it's a middle pick. Um, and I think that you go after um, I think he goes after a young center, you know, someone with a lot of upside on them that you know he can he can work with and um get going and you know, if we're keeping it real, um, you know, Bliss has a pretty good resume on that so far too. Like he's he's had a lot of help and development with uh, Stevo. I mean, he, he's one of the ones that helped groom Stevo up to what he is currently. So um, I think he we go after a young center and see if we can try to get them to fit into the into the the team dynamic that we have. Yeah, this year, like, you know, last year we had, what, three firsts and two seconds. This year, mm-hmm. I think we just had three firsts. So, I could definitely see, like, our first, maybe our first two picks being, like, you know, really high upside guys. And maybe our third pick being, you know, like a like a high floor type player. Like, you know, we got Jeremiah Robinson Earl at pick 32. Like, he went to college for three, four years, Villanova, high pedigree high school. A guy that's going to come in and contribute right away, doesn't make mistakes. He kind of is what he is. Yep. Um, you know, I, I could see us grabbing a guy like that with one of our later picks. But, yeah, those first two picks were definitely taking, like, I wouldn't say a prospect. I'd just say, like, a higher ceiling player for sure. Yeah, totally agree there. Kind of kind of sticking with that, and by sticking with that, I mean not sticking with it at all. Um, <laughs> at ThunderGuy69 says, uh, <laughs> when do you guys think the Thunder are going to trade for star-level players? And – you know, for the sake of like, you know, saving time, me and Alex kind of talked about this last week. 2023 is when the CBA is renegotiated. Uh, you know, yeah. we've been screwed by the CBA multiple times. I think that we're definitely going to wait to see what happens there. Um, you know, and in the meantime, we're going to be collecting these draft picks, you know, trying to grow and develop them. Once 2023 hits, we see what we're working with. We still have a 
a giant cache of draft picks that we can, you know, cash in and maybe get a star player to play alongside a Shea, Giddy, uh, Jabari Smith, and Victor Wimbanyama, then yeah, let's do it. But you know, until then, let's let's just chill. Let's let's stop doing Demonis Bonus trade machines. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dylan, let's stop doing Carl Anthony Towns trade machines. Like let's let's just calm down <laughs> until twenty twenty three. So, uh, I, I will say this. I, I will say this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jerry. I will say no, this. You're not. <laughs> you're damn right. I'm not. But anyways, <laughs> um, if this draft doesn't go like we we think it might, mm-hmm. like if we slip down to like pick number seven, I could definitely see, you know. If Cat is unhappy, maybe trying to make a deal for him. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I think there's a lot of variables to you know that mm-hmm. that could happen between now and then. But no, I totally agree. It's it's 2023 or bust. Like that's that's where most of your focus is going to be at. Like you know, this season and this upcoming draft is really going to be able to set us up and lay out the road for the next couple of years. Um, and just like you said, is like those those clippers picks that we have and what was it 25 26 27 is it all the way through that if i remember it right no nah, it's 26 26 okay sorry but still no. you have all those picks and they're going to be a dumpster fire by then probably those are going to hold a lot of water you know you're there's a lot of value in those so I think that that it's 2023 or bust. And then, you know, the other caveat that you mentioned is the CBA is like, yeah, let's let's wait to see how that plays out, even though I don't think um, it's going to change too much. I, I I would hope that small market teams um, sort of fight for a better spot at the table and being able to protect their players, you know, from free agency and, and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, 2023 or bust, man. That, that's where it's going to start happening at. Yep, for sure, man. Um, yeah, moving on to our next question. Uh, this comes from at 2BitManChild. Chris Fullerton, he asks, who would win in a fight, Lou Dort or Spider-Man? And I'm, I'm going to Alex here. I, I'll go last. Uh, so, I mean, this this kind of becomes like, Spider-Man versus every strong villain that he's ever faced Um, because I don't think Lou Dort necessarily has any other power other than strength um, and maybe, you know, lateral quickness, uh, which I I guess that's a superhero villain move. Um, So I would say that Spider-Man would probably win because he's able to move so quickly um, to where he can get around Lou Dort's strength. What do you think, Jerry? So let me ask a question. Mm-hmm. Does Spider-Man have his web powers, or are we talking just straight-up brawl? It's Spider-Man. I mean, man. I think, Sp- no, hey, no, I think no, Spider-Man no. isn't Spider-Man without his web slingers. Well, he's man. Nah. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to go through the door here, and this is the reason why. He has the best footwork in the NBA on defense. The best. All right. Spider-Man could not handle him. Did you not see the Dort like literally shove LeBron? 
like just straight bullied him. Yes, give me Lou Dort every single time in that fight. Every single time. He's he's way too Yo. strong. He has the Haitian powers. Um, he's got the Canadian grit. Um, yeah, give me Lou every time. Screw Spider-Man. He, that's the, and for the record, that's like my least favorite superhero out there. Oh, that's like my absolute. Word. Yeah, my absolute least favorite. <laughs> he's a sissy. Spider-Man is the best superhero, like objectively if, the best superhero. If if dude did not get bit by a spider, he would literally be Matt Tierney. <laughs> I mean, hey, if if Batman's parents didn't die, he'd just be yeah. Mr. Wayne. That's all he would be. I'm just trying to let you guys know real quick. Dude, he's right. such a strays out. <laughs> <laughs> and I still love you, Tyranny, but it's a great correlation. So I, I was straight up ready to respond just like Alex responded, and then you said Tyranny, and I just lost all composure. And that's why I'm here. I'm just done. No, I'm I it's it's no contest, man. I'm not gonna get into all Spider-Man's abilities, but like I mean it's 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 not fair. <laughs> okay. He got bit I mean, by spider, he's lucky. Oh yeah, he's lucky. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, staying in that vein, um, for another part. Hey, before we move on, before we move on, just real quick, did you guys see that? So, I guess Steph Curry has the current record for most games with a three at Mm -hmm. like 152, 156, something like that. But second place is the aforementioned Mr. Senor Lugans Dort at 40 games in a row with a three. Like, that is amazing to me. As far as, like, the progression of Lou as a shooter in this league, to be making 40 threes in a row – I mean, not 40 threes in a row, 40 games in a row with at least one three, that's that's quite a feat to me as far as what we saw from him coming in to the league three years ago. So, yeah, I just thought that was awesome. Not surprised whatsoever. And, you know, shout out to those concerned intellectuals that was worried that Dort missing tonight was going to, you know, end that streak. So, shout out to you. Here's <laughs> <Yeah>. to you. <laughs> um, friend of the pod, at Sublime50, Illis1, Sublime50 here, asked in that same vein um, from our last question, uh, how would you cast the current Thunder roster in the MCU? I'm just going to ask you, like, we're, we're going to pick one player. Ooh. We're going to give them MCU parallel. And I'm okay. going to go first here, staying with Spider-Man. I think that if you was to give me anybody on this team that would be Spider-Man, it's going to be Josh freaking Giddy, And I'll tell you why. This guy is... Because of that beautiful mane of hair? Absolutely. That, like, right there, like, him and Tall Holland, like, that, you know, they're the same. Yeah. NBA Chalamet? No, NBA Holland. That's who he is. But, no. Um, one, he's an intellectual. He's highly intelligent. High basketball IQ. Uh, Spider-Man Peter Parker, I think, was listed as like the fourth smartest person in the Marvel or Marvel universe behind Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and uh, who was it? Some there was uh, there was somebody else. It was I think it's Hank. Oh, Xavier. Hank Pym, or yeah, yeah, one of those. He he was listed as the fourth smartest person. Um, and number two, they both got the ball on a string, baby. That's all I gotta say. We're gonna end it there. (laughs) Give you that. All right, uh, I'm gonna go to Alex because I know Alex is a oh, Marvel crap. War, and uh, Jerry is currently looking up people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe on his computer. <laughs> True story. No, I just want to make sure I was in the right universe. You know, it's yeah. it can get kind of confusing for all you weird nerds. Multiverse, baby. 
Sorry. Um, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay with Lou Dort, um, but he's gonna be, um, he's gonna be Smart Hulk. Okay. So he's gonna be the Hulk that, that we saw on uh, on Endgame mm-hmm. uh, with the glasses and and like the medium range where, you know, he came into this league and we just saw this big hulking guy that could play great defense and struggled on offense. And I think, you know, that's Hulk. And I think Bruce Banner would be somebody who is very great on offense. And so I think now what you're seeing is you're seeing smart Hulk, which is, you know, the best of both worlds. And so you have this guy that is now, you know, averaging 17, 18 points. He's giving you three point shooting. He's giving you defense. He's giving you all this. And so Lou Dort is smart Hulk. I said, look at this. I combined the brain and the brawn. I'm wearing shirts. Yeah, there you go. I see this as an absolute (laughs) win. All right, Jay. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Shay. Okay. As Black Panther. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, and just the reason why is yeah, he's he's got all the crafty moves. Uh, Mm -hmm. He can be super strong when he needs to be super strong. He's the leader of a group of people. Um. And uh, let's just keep it real. Black Panther has a lot of drip, and so does Shay. So, uh, yeah, Shay is Black Panther. Hey, you know what? Bombay. Be- Bombay. <laughs> laughing right now. I'm, I'm so proud of Jerry. That was that was a beautiful comparison. So, thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, wrapping up here, our boy Ash. I got one more. I got one more. Media. Oh, sorry. What 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 you got, Alex? You I got, got one. One? I think. Uh, Coach Coach Dagnall is happy. Happy Hogan. I like it. Yeah. Hey, that falls into place with uh, Josh Giddy there. So Yeah, he's, he's trying to control all these all these little young guys, you know, the young Avengers. So hey, to tune in in a couple of years and we'll say Poku's uh, Mr. Fantastic, but we're not there yet. <laughs> all right. So our boy at underscore Shea Media um says i suggest a game you must name a player ending in the last letter of the previous names player that played for the thunder that sounds confusing when i say it so here's an example um if you would say kevin durant what's the last letter of durant jerry e i hate you for snake yeah oh sorry (laughs) my man man. we were on the the same level oh sorry It, it it is t Okay, so then he said Thabocephalosha, and the last letter in cephalosha is obviously A. So and then so on and so Wiggins. forth. So gotcha. and then basically said he keeps going until someone loses. So obviously there's three of us. So it's going to be kind of an eliminator kind of thing. So here let's, we go. Let's set one ground rule, though. One, ra- one ground rule. No repeats? Once, No repeats, exactly. Yeah, okay. for sure. I- I'm with that. All right, it says start with SGA. And so I'm going to start with uh, Shea Gilders Alexander, and we're going to go in clockwise order of what my Zoom screen is. So Alex will be next, and then Jerry, and then back to me. So okay, here we go. Shea Gilders Alexander, okay. Robert Swift. Thomas <laughs> 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 <Dava> Cephalosha. <laughs> mm, Alex Abrinas. Um. Shit, you you started with Shay, right? Yeah. yeah. So I can't I can't use Shay. So, um, why is my mind blanking? I got one already. I do too. Stephen Adams. Oh, okay. Okay. So you threw me another S. Sebastian Telfair. 
Oh, nice. Going to R. Ooh, Ronnie Brewer. Nice. Ugh, another R. Shit. Um. <laughs> Randy Foy. Okay. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, wait, that ends with the E, right? Yeah. Yes. Um. What the fuck was his name? It's the dude from the Sixers that we traded. Why can't oh, I think of his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice pool. I can't get oh, to help you. Nice no, I know. But you know where I'm going with this. I do. Uh, I don't. I don't know where you're going with it. Oh, my gosh. I got it. I have to go Google this because it's – it, I, I know is who it is. Is there a timer? Is there a timer on this game? Um – can't google what what the hell was it oh screw it and it's canner okay there you go oh nice, nice. okay all right i'm back Another to freaking i was really trying to pull like a crazy oh, one out of my hat Jackson. i know what you're saying it's the e i got it yep so you Nick got Collison. all right um so we're uh, with another n mm-hmm. um nasty oh, mate i know right uh oh yeah wait who'd you say I didn't say who, anything. No, who'd you, who is you your Nick choice? Collison. Okay, yeah, Nate Nick Robinson. Oh, uh, you, you said Nate Robinson? Yeah. Norris Cole. Nice. Oh. Uh, Ersan Ilyasova. There he is. <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> um, so we're with an A. With our yeah. A's, we only got Alex Sabrina so far, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Aaron Wiggins. Yep. Okay. All right. S. Samaj Christian. Nice. Ooh, back to an end. Um, Ooh, there's, there's a good one out there. Damn it. Um, oh, my gosh. Norris Cole's already been used, right? Yep. yep. Shiza. Okay. Um. That's German for shit, if you didn't know. <laughs> well, we got to mark it explicit. <laughs> um, Nerland's Noel. Oh. Nice, nice. All right, so we're looking for an L. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, Lujan Stort. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he is one of those. Ooh, T. Terrence Ferguson. There you go. Oh, Another end. end. <laughs> I love it. Um, shoot. Um, ah, shit. Nacho Varga. I have no idea. Oh, Alex is eliminated. All right, Jerry. So do we do we go continue from the end? Okay. Yeah. So we got oh, Norris no. Cole. Narlin's Noel is already gone. Um, let's go with um, see the guy's face right now. Let's listen to some of those teams. Um, I almost blurted out Manet, but that's completely wrong. Um, he, he famously did not play for us. 
Yeah. Uh, why are these ends so tough? Because there aren't that Nick. many. Yeah, we already got Nick Collison off the board. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nick Collison, Nate Robinson, Nerlens, and Norris Cole have all been taken yeah. off the board. Yeah. Yeah. It, are, so are we sure that we have another end? Because if we oh, don't, that's kind of, well, go away then. I'm I, I I'm done. Nanad Christich. Oh. <sighs> yeah. And I win. Yeah, good job. Good job. And you know it's what? Jeremy. I saw him in my head for just a split second and still screwed that up. So good, good job, buddy. Yeah. And uh, if if it kept going and somebody said that, I was going to say Cole Aldrich. Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. nice. I would have said Chris Paul. Oh, hey, there you go. That that would have worked also. So, hey, Shea Media, that was a that was a fun game. We appreciate you on that. Did none of, did none of these did none of these players' names end in R? Did we not say Russell Westbrook? We did Shea Gilch Alexander, and you started off. Oh with wow, who? Robert Swift! What the hell? <laughs> what is this? Sh- I'm, I'm, I was trying to get too fancy there at the beginning. Yeah, you trying <laughs> to throw out the obscurities there. <laughs> should have should have took the easy ones at first, but I should have. It's all good. We might have to play that again whenever uh, you know we get a get a cone or a moles or maybe even a dole. No, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I like that game. Good job, Shay. Hey, way to go, Shay! You played great tonight. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> I love you. All right, guys. That's uh, that's all the time we got for the day. Um. We're not going to do sharing eggs. We've ran a little bit long. Uh, you got any closing thoughts before we get done now? No, man. Uh, just uh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, just, just you know, shout outs and prayers up to uh, the people of Kentucky and the surrounding states. I think it was Arkansas and all those other states that are affected by uh, the tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just shout out to them, prayers up to them. And as Oklahomans who have lived through various tornadic events you know our our hearts and our prayers are out to those people that are affected by that yeah heck yeah totally agree even though oklahoma felt like a damn tornado today i'm so sick of this wind um it needs to go somewhere already and well never mind it did go somewhere else let me take that back we'll take it on for a couple days guys we're used to it all right and that's his name for the day yeah (laughs) Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I live in Kentucky. Uh, we don't live in Western Kentucky, so we didn't get like the bad, like the actual tornado. Um, but we, uh, you know, we got all the alerts at like four o'clock in the morning, and a little like peek behind the curtain. Like our entire house, every room has windows in it. Um, but my my son's rooms are is upstairs. Um, Slade and AJ they sleep upstairs, and Nova sleeps in our bedroom with us um it's not practical to go to our basement because a it has windows b it's a mess and c getting nova and all his equipment down there borderline impossible it's not practical to get in a closet with nova and all of his equipment um so we we just did the best thing that i could think of at the time we brought slade and aj down there we put them in bed with us and you know we was all in one room together um you know i figured at the very least getting them a floor lower um would be helpful but you know thankfully um it didn't come to anything you know tornado didn't hit you know there's some crazy wind some crazy rain and you know thunder that shook the house but you know we were safe thankfully so uh yeah man that's uh definitely definitely crazy 
crazy times, crazy scenario. And, you know, like you guys said, you know, thoughts and prayers go out. Um, yeah, I've only had one other encounter with tornadoes. I know that Oklahoma has their has had their fair share of them. So, um, you know, we definitely sympathize with you guys. And, you know, pro tip, that. Dylan, pro yeah. tip. All right. What do you got? Bathroom. Mm-hmm. Right. Bathroom's got a window. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It does not matter because that window is not going to be huge. It's going to be one of those small little windows. Right. right. And you drag a mattress in there. All right. Mm-hmm. And with everybody in there, you sort of just lean it up diagonally up against the wall. All right. And uh, just hope it doesn't hit there. But that's another way that people um, around here, if they don't have sellers or anything like that, will protect themselves. I had a science teacher that he did that whenever he was in high school. And it literally blew the whole house down, <laughs> except for the bathroom. Wow. Um, and the toothbrushes that he had sitting on the side of the sink did not move. So um, they're very, 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 very crazy uh uh, things that happen in this world, but uh, the bathroom with all the pipes and everything too, it's a little bit more solid than hmm. uh, other parts of the house. So uh, just a little pro tip for you there. If, if it ever happens to you again, bathroom, grab a mattress. If you get, if you hear the sirens or if you guys get sirens or they tell you to take cover, go do that. And then you yeah. should still be able to get all the kids and everybody in that bath. So you might have to stand up, you know, you and the wife, but as long as you can get those kids in there, it'll be worth it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Hey, I don't want to go too much into it. Like, you know, I, I guess you guys have tornado sirens because they're like so common down there. Yeah. You have sirens, but it's not tornado sirens. It's just like, just like an alert system because, you know, where we live right next to the Bluegrass Army Depot, you know, all the nerve, like they're there for like the nerve gas, like before the, uh, before that, that was all incinerated mm-hmm. and stuff. Gotcha. In case there was a leak, you know, we've all got like these special speaker boxes in our house that beep and go crazy anytime anything happens with the weather. Uh, mainly but you know their purpose is for the nerve gas and all that so huh yeah learn something like, new every day yeah it's, it's like the hunger games whenever there's like a test or yeah whenever, uh whenever there's like a, a storm purge. Like you just you, you you literally just hear like this bolstering voice out of seemingly nowhere just saying take cover get indoors i'm just like that's that's terrifying <laughs> Yeah, no, ours are just the most annoying sound you've ever heard, like from Dumb and Dumber. So, um, you don't have a choice but to hear. Yeah, it is so bad. Um, we had one get me started on Dumb and Dumber quotes. I will go all night. Oh, okay. Well, sorry about that, but uh, I'm glad you guys made it out safe. And yeah, um, thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, everything we can send out there. uh, We're doing it. Oklahoma's with you guys for sure, man. That is awesome. And uh, guys, you know, we appreciate you guys listening to us, um, uh, you know, supporting us uh, through through the tough time that has been the tank. You know, as I said, I haven't enjoyed it as much as last year, but, you know, we're watching every game. We're covering every game. We're here every week. And, you know, we appreciate you guys supporting us week after week. Um, hopefully I can get out of the truck in the next couple of days and I can report a thunder shots for you guys. I know it's been a little bit since I've been able to do that. But, um, you know, like I said, we're here every Wednesday. Um, I reached out to Tyler Parker the other day. He's wanting to come back on the podcast here soon. So we'll definitely be scheduling that. And, uh, you know, who knows might be joining, um, in the next couple months, you know, you want to stick here for us. So, uh, guys, it is 1230 in the morning. I got to get up in five hours. So we're going to go ahead and call it. Uh, hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Wear a mask where you need to get vaccinated. If you have not, 
hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up, thunder up, thunder up. Go see Spider Man this weekend. Thunder up. Yeah, go see Spider Man. Absolutely. Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.